Hey, Supergirl Radio, this is me, Maurice Field. I was never snapped last week because of my questions my first time, so I'm more composed this time. So here are my thoughts. Really like the episode. The only thing I had a problem with, where did the Wynn and Jane situation came from? I was like, I know it's sad, but it felt like nowhere. Like, it was, it came on randomly that he was feeling the sadness. But other than that, I have a nice episode. The only other issue I also had was McGuffin that the evil world killers also get powers when they're near each other. Was that ever mentioned previously? Because I don't remember that ever. But anyways, can't wait for it next week. Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss the season three episode of the show titled Of Two Minds. But first, we need to catch up on the news. Joe Whittemore's new Supergirl book titled Supergirl Curse of the Ancients is now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Book People, and Kindle. The description for the book reads, quote, Kara Danvers and her friends at the Department of Extra Normal Operations have their work cut out for them this time. A friend-turned-foe has put a curse on National City, reverting it to a replica of ancient Rome and trapping citizens and some of the DEO team inside a giant dome. Kara and company must overcome physical and mental barriers to reverse the curse. Or National City will be ancient history, unquote. So, uh, Morgan, I don't know if you've seen this, but I think this is going to be cool. I think this is the uh, second book in her three Supergirl book trilogy. So uh, if uh, anybody is interested in checking it out, it's available pretty much anywhere you get books. So I would highly recommend uh, Joe's book because I really enjoyed the first one. Yeah, me too. I'm excited about this one. It, it sounds like a little bit like a, almost a little Legends-y where they're <laughs> like going to ancient Rome. Yeah, this uh, this could be interesting to see how they handle it. Maybe Bebo makes an appearance. <laughs> I'm going to be, I'm holding out for a Bebo. <laughs> you never know. I mean, Bebo could probably show up anywhere. Um, so this, this could be really interesting and a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, if you're interested in reading any more, uh, Supergirl stuff in a book, this would be a good one to check out. All right. Well, let's get into the discussion of the season three episode titled of two minds. Here is the official description. Quote, Supergirl and Emra have different ideas on how to stop the third world killer, Pestilence. However, when both Alex and Wen are seriously injured by Pestilence, Supergirl and Emra team up to stop the destru destruction. Ugh, that is such a hard word to say <laughs> for some reason. Uh, destruction. Uh, so, uh, yes, there was uh, quite a bit of destruction, lots of Pestilence causing trouble, 
lots of chaos, even though they didn't want to create chaos. Sometimes the chaos happened anyway. So Morgan, I'm curious uh, what your thoughts uh, are on seeing this third world killer that we got in this one. What are your thoughts on pestilence? Yeah, I was I was surprised uh for a couple of different reasons. Firstly, I was mostly just surprised that I called who Pestilence was. <laughs> like, I'm usually really bad at uh, figuring out twists and stuff because I don't try to because I like to be surprised. But pretty immediately, I was like, huh, I bet it's that doctor because <laughs> because she had like a moment with two of the main characters. <laughs> and then I was like, no, Morgan, you're just, you're like reading too much into it. It's obviously that redhead girl with the cookies. <laughs> but no, but no, my first instinct was right for once. <laughs> yeah, they tried to give us a little bit of a red herring with that cookie lady, um, which I'm glad to know that the cookies weren't causing the trouble because that would have been sad because I enjoy a good cookie. And if cookies are going to kill people, that's upsetting to me. That should not be the case. So I'm glad it wasn't the cookie lady. Although RIP cookie lady. Although I was about to say, although poor cookie lady. <laughs> she, she did not last, unfortunately. So there will be no more lemon poppy seed cookies in National City. That's it. Those are the last ones. Yeah, they're shutting it down after that. They're like, you know, <laughs> as respect for <laughs> Cookie Lady. <laughs> yeah, so she did not make it, unfortunately. But Pestilence did come in the form of a doctor, which I do think is a cool choice that someone who is supposed to be saving lives in an emergency situation, she's an emergency surgeon, and uh, she's the one... Uh, causing the destruction and the taking of lives, which I thought was really cool. And I don't know about you, but I really liked in this uh, episode that Pestilence was a world killer who chose to be a world killer. Like, she wants to be a world killer. I actually really liked that because I feel like if each one of them was, like, kind of reluctantly being dragged into it, it would be a little bit too samey. Like, because we already have Sam, who is obviously not on board with this whole world-killing business. And then we had Julia, who was obviously very confused by what was happening and didn't really want to be a world killer. But with pestilence, she's like, "No, I'm good with this. This is uh, this is working out great for me." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she really liked the power and the the way it made her feel, and the fact that she uh, could could be a god in her her eyes. She considered herself to be a god, and um, I thought it was really interesting what she tells Supergirl because Supergirl, you know, to her credit, Supergirl is a character who always does try to talk to the bad guy or the villain or the the misunderstood person in the episode and tries to get them to change their ways and and come to the good side but when supergirl does that with grace grace tells her that story about you know i think it was her mother i think grace says you know my mother used to say used to say good would be rewarded with grace but now she doesn't believe that there is a reward for being good i thought that was really interesting that for some reason something's clicked with her world killerness that she thinks the reward is in being powerful and being bad and, and being evil. So I thought that that was really interesting. And she even uh, asks Supergirl, she was like, you honestly thought you could talk me into being redeemed? And I was like, I was kind of shocked by that because I think Supergirl's whole plan this whole time, and we'll get into this with the Supergirl versus Emma and their whole uh, conflict that was going on uh, this week. But Supergirl's plan was, you know what, uh, we know that they can be 
turned back into their human counterparts. If you talk them down, you, they can be changed. So let's go with that plan. That seems like that could work. And she gets to Pestilence, and Pestilence is like, no, you can't do that on me. That You can't change me. So I thought that that uh, created a really big... Uh, roadblock for Supergirl and her team, and it made Supergirl uh, Kara doubt herself. And I thought that that was, uh, storytelling-wise, I thought that was a really good choice because now that makes me question how they're going to stop them. Yeah, no, I agree. I really I really liked the way that they played out that whole conflict between uh, Kara and, and Imra in the episode in general. But yeah, having Pestilence basically go all in on that world killer identity I thought was a really a neat choice because yeah it does kind of flip on your on your head like what you how you figure Carr is going to resolve this conflict because even if she can get through to Sam and Julia clearly Grace is not somebody she can get through to Grace Grace likes the power of being a world killer Grace is is going full pestilence yeah she enjoyed the ability to use that uh that fingernail of hers so much hand acting on this show a lot of good hand <laughs> acting a lot of nail acting with this one um I, I I thought it was a cool choice that like the, the I guess it's like a poison or something that drips out of the nail I don't I don't know if that's how that worked but I thought that that was really cool that they've given the world killers, just like in the comics, like the world killers have their own uh, identities and different power sets. And these these world killers all seem to have a little something different that they all bring to the table. And I, I, th- I think that's, that's going to turn out really cool. Um, so we mentioned that Supergirl and Emra are, are having uh, ideological uh conflicts in this episode about what to do with pestilence because pestilence is uh, a real threat so uh morgan what did you think about the the different ways they were approaching it and how they how maybe they resolved it at the end i really like yeah i really liked that the con that their conflict was over how they were going to resolve this and i feel like it it's sort of we've seen this conflict before but um with Car and Alex earlier this season when they had uh, when they had Julia um, and Car thought that she could get through to her and Alex didn't think so and I, I think it, it, it is interesting because this episode uh, uh, there's sort of the opposite conclusion to the episode where Car and Alex had the same fight because Alex saw that oh you, you know that there was a person in there and it wasn't just purity and that Julia was a good person. And in this episode, you see that Grace is not a good person and really wants to be pestilence. So in some ways, like, Kara was right the first time this argument was had. But in some ways, I think Emra was right um, in this argument. And, I mean, Emra definitely has more of a personal connection to it. I thought the moment where she watches... um, Kara talking to Alex when Alex is sick and starts like getting really upset and crying. Like, I, I don't even think you needed to know in that moment, the specifics you, but you knew that she lost somebody because of, of pestilence. And I think that that was kind of clear the whole episode. And so I liked, I really liked at the end of the episode, getting the backstory about her and her sister. Um, and I think that that gives, gives her a little bit more character development because I feel like for the most part, Emra has just been, 
like chilling in the background and or uh being the ja- being the jacks <laughs> work at working on the cruiser yeah just just working so hard on that ship uh <laughs> off screen so i mean i feel like she hasn't gotten a ton of character development besides being unfortunately what sometimes feels like the uh the third wheel in the whatever is happening with Monel and Kara situation. So I like that this episode was all about her as a character, not her and how she relates to some weird love triangle. Uh, and I, I think that made me care a little bit more about this character. Yeah, I would agree with that. She has mostly been known as Mon- Monel's wife on the show this season. And here she gets, I 100% agree, I think she was her own character in this one. And it was nice to get more background on who she is, what her connection to this whole thing is. Um, and I, I, I liked the, um, the connection that she has to this Blight stuff because of her sister. Like, it's, it's tough for me to wrap my brain around it a little bit just because, like, her knowledge of what is happening is from the future, so in her future, her sister is dead. But then she comes back to the present, and they can fix that and change it so that when they go back to the future, her sister could be alive. Like, I have to really think about that really hard to make sure that I have totally understood how that works. Because I think from Emra's point of view, like, I think the difference between Emra and Supergirl is not so much... I mean, it's the the killing versus the not killing thing. But I think it's also a distinction of time. Like, Supergirl just sees the present. She just knows what's happening now. But Emra has the advantage of having been in the future and knowing what's happening then and knowing all of the terrible things that have gone on. She's seen all those people die. She knows about everything that's happened. So I think that that's where the disconnect is is that there's this there's this knowledge that Kara doesn't have. So I I really enjoyed getting to to know that backstory on Saturn Girl because it gives her something to fight for. It gives her something that she, you know she, if she can help fix this, maybe she can save her sister. And then it also gives her a, a reason to grow closer to Kara. And I would really love to see that. I would love to see them you know end up being friends by the end of all of this. I I really. Um, that, that gave me a lot of hope that, you know, Saturn girl would, you know, be a friend to Kara and Kara would consider her a friend. I, I'm really hoping that that happens. And I was not familiar with, uh, Emra having a sister. I think on the show, she said her name was Proya. That's, that's what I heard. Yeah. I totally missed it every time she said it and I rewound at least three times and then I gave up. <laughs> yeah. So I, 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 when I looked her up in the comics, she does have a sister in the comics, but her sister's name is Jancel Ardine. So it's a little bit different. Um, but I, I thought that was cool that they gave her sister cause it parallels her to Kara. It gives her another connection point to Supergirl that they both have a sister that, that they do not want to see get taken by this pestilence uh, situation. So I really, really like that. And I liked at the end when they have that good talk and, and Supergirl says to her, you know, we're going to save your sister together. So I, I thought that that was really cool because they talk a little bit about, uh, in this episode about how the Legion has built their their sort of moral code around Supergirl's moral code. And so I thought that it was nice at the end of the episode that Supergirl encourages Saturn Girl 
to be the best she can be and also that they will do this together. I, I just really liked that. That was uh, that that gave me a lot of hope for you know them as a team because a lot of bad stuff has happened. I mean the the world killers are now all together. I don't know if there's going to be a fourth one or not, but st- stuff is becoming real. So I'm glad to see they're at least kind of forming a, a team that uh, is trying to move towards the same goal. Yeah, and I I, I also really like the way that they sort of set up like a philosophical question, which is like pestilence in the future is going to kill millions of people. So I feel like, like it's not just that Imra like just wanted to kill somebody just because it affected her family or just because, you know, they're, you know, world killers and they're bad, but she's seen firsthand like how much destruction uh, pestilence causes. So, I mean, I can I could sort of see it from that perspective and also from from Kara's perspective where she's like, we do, you know, I don't kill people, even if it is, you know, I even if there's some way that we can get through to her, I want to get through to her. I, so I, I but with the world killers really taking off now, I really wonder, like, will Kara be able to save the people who want to be saved from that group because it's seeming less likely. It's definitely a conundrum because I too can see it from both sides. And it's that old, that old, uh, the old question of if you could go back in time, would you kill Adolf Hitler? You know, or if you're, if you're Batman, do you kill the Joker? You know, the Joker is going to always get out of Arkham and he's going to go kill somebody and he's going to go cause some chaos. But if you stopped him that one time, he wouldn't be able to do anything else. Like that's the, that's the question. And I think that's the dilemma that they are put in in this episode. And what I thought was really uh, shocking for me in this in this one was that Emma Emma tried to kill her. She tried to kill her with that uh, I don't know with the poison or some. She shot her some. She shot something into her neck, into pestilence, and it yeah. it was killing her. But then purity showed up and somehow, I don't know, magic, uh, science, uh, Kryptonian, something, something happened where purity was uh, able to heal her a little bit so that she didn't end up dying. But that that sort of solved a little bit of their dilemma, I thought, like she tried to kill her and it didn't work. So what are they going to do now? So I, I'm really actually very curious to see how they end up handling the world killers because I honestly don't know. I think that's part of the excitement for me this season is I, I have honestly no idea how this is going to end. Because like normally in the past two seasons, like we've had the Kryptonian invasion from Astra and Non, kind of knew how that was going to go down. They were going to stop them. It was going to be fine. Then in season two, we had the Daxamite invasion kind of the same thing like we know they're gonna stop them it's gonna be fine now i do i honestly i don't know i don't know how they're gonna stop them so uh this this has gotten to the point where i'm i'm very intrigued by how all of this is gonna play out i know i'm i i don't know how it's gonna go this season's getting intense now (laughs) (laughs) things are getting out of control things are happening (laughs) and speaking of which uh talking about things that are getting out of control uh, I think we should talk about Lena and Sam and what Sam was experience, experiencing in her uh, in her testing phase when Lena was trying to do some tests on her and try to figure out what was uh, causing 
rain to come out. So I'm really curious uh, about what you think about what was going down with uh, Lena and Sam. I thought it was really interesting. I, I mean, it's I think these last two episodes have been really interesting to watch with Lena going into like full science mode. So I, I had to I had to catch up on last week's episode and then this week's episode. So all of the Lena and Sam stuff has kind of blended together for me. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So but I, I thought it was really interesting how she kept trying to find out more about Rain. I, 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 I'm I'm always team Lena. But at some point, even I was like, should you be calling somebody <laughs> else? I mean, she I mean, listen. Lena Luther, one of the greats, but maybe you want some backup when you have like a homicidal alien in your midst who like has beaten the crap out of Supergirl. <laughs> just, just like maybe call one friend, like call up one person to know where you are. Yeah, you could maybe tell somebody something. Yeah, like don't, don't, don't be afraid to let someone else in, Lena. <laughs> you don't have to carry the world on your shoulders. <laughs> I, spent, I mean, her shoulders were covered, so I think that's how I knew she meant business. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe her shoulders being covered uh, clouded her her vision and her, uh, you know, her her sense. That's her kryptonite. <laughs> yes, that's her kryptonite. We've talked about how her 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 shoulders being covered takes away her power. So I think maybe that uh, gave her some bad judgment that she didn't want to talk to anybody else about what was going on. I think I think we've solved it. I think we figured it out. Yeah, because there was there was one point where I think she was talking to James on the phone, where he was like, you know, we have this whole situation with this like plague and people are sick, and she's like, I'm 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 working on it right now, and I was like, how? <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, listen, far be it from me, big fan, big fan, <laughs> far be it from me to tell you how to do your science, but. But how exactly are you working on the cure for a deadly disease by zapping Sam into, like, her thought forest? <laughs> her thought forest. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand what's happening. Yeah, I think she was trying to cover it up like she was working on the cure for pestilence to hide the fact that she actually had rain in her basement. <laughs> see, because, see, so if that's the case, that feels a little mean to me because, like, what if James got off the phone and was like, don't worry, you guys, Lena's got it covered. <laughs> Stop all your research. <laughs> yeah, she's got this, guys. Any minute now, she's going to come in with the cure. When you're saved. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's not working on that at all. She's not doing a dang she's thing about it. She's not doing any of that. <laughs> She is not doing anything to help you with your sickness. She is zapping somebody with lots of electrodes. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I think that she should have called someone. Now, of course, by the end of the episode, they they come to her. Like, she doesn't go to them. They literally come to her, and they, they find, uh, find that out. But... Uh, yeah, she could have maybe reached out. And she she tried to play it off like, I am the only one who can help you. And maybe maybe that will turn out to be true. Maybe Lena, it, it sounded like she found something there towards the end that maybe could become crucial. Maybe she does learn something that could really be the key to everything. But I don't know. She could have she let somebody know she was doing this. Um, but I'm curious to, you, you mentioned the thought forest. I think, uh, we're going to copyright that. 
because uh, I, I, I like the, <laughs> I like thinking of it like that. Um, so what did you think about all of that and how they visually displayed Sam going into uh, this this place with Rain? She actually talked to Rain. What did you think about that? I thought that was really cool, actually. I, I really I liked that Sam and Rain got to have a face-to-face conversation because, obviously, um, they're sharing the same real estate, um, <laughs> but Rain is not taking as good care of it as as, uh, as Sam is. This is a bad, this is a really bad roommate situation <laughs> that has just escalated. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, I really, I liked Sam kind of getting to see because because the the prior episode she didn't even want to admit that she was rain and now she's seeing exactly how dangerous rain is when she comes out of the conversation with rain where rain is like oh well then i'll just kill ruby and you'll see how you like that like that was legitimately frightening i think um and and we i don't think we've ever seen because rain is we don't know a, a whole lot about her and like what her aims are but I thought that that conversation she had with Sam was so, like, so diabolical and and mean and, and, and like, scary that she would target Ruby that way. Because it kind of does make sense if you if you did something to Ruby. I think that the Sam personality would would kind of recede into the background. I think that's how she could sort of break free from Sam. So I think that Sam's like fear. And, and at that point where she starts to go like, well, why don't we call in some backup? Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe just one person was, uh, was, was super reasonable given the circumstances. Yeah. I think you make a really good point that, uh, Rain's whole speech to her, which when she's tempting Sam in that one speech where she talks about there is bliss and surrender, woo, that I will say that that was really kind of terrifying um, because she, that was really a point where she was tempting Sam. She was trying to get her to come to her side. And I think she she repeats the word surrender. And I think that that's what she's trying to get when she uh, wants to go out after Ruby. If she goes after Ruby, then Sam will just be like, okay, fine. You've taken everything from me. I'll give in to whatever you want. So I think that that's what's, what Rain is trying to do with her. Uh, but I was really impressed with Sam because Sam, I thought, was really brave. She faced Rain head on and she was pretty uh, confident with her. She was like, my friend and I are going to you know figure this out and we're gonna stop you and i i thought for as scared as she was because when she first gets in there and she comes face to face with rain i thought odette did a really good job i was really convinced that sam was terrified like it oh yeah she looked really scared so uh i thought she did a really good job of playing those those two sides um and i was a little concerned though even though i thought sam was really brave I was worried that Sam would give in to that temptation and would, you know, Rain offers Sam her hand. And I was like, is she going to take it? You know, what what is she going to choose right here? But um, she doesn't, as far as we know. Um, so I, I'm really curious how, that, how that's going to play out. Like, are we going to see that moving forward now that Rain seems to have taken over? Now that Rain and the world killers are together are we going to see, you know, are we going to see Sam again? Are we going to go back to that thought forest? Uh, I don't know. But I I thought that that was a really cool way to show that, to show them interacting there in in her 
brain, I guess. I I guess. And well, I also thought it was it was really cool to see like what happens when Rain takes over, like where Sam goes. That Sam goes to this, you know, chill chill dank forest to <laughs> I guess <laughs> camp. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but it was it was because you know I feel like the Rain stuff has been really intriguing this season, but it's also been a little underexplained, which I've been kind of fine with, but I like getting the answers now. Like, oh, okay, so Sam is in there. She's just kind of like, Rain has just kind of taken the wheel. Yeah, and I thought it was really unfortunate that Sam goes in there and she's still in her scrubs that Lena put her in. And it looked like a, a cold place. I was like, couldn't you like give her a jacket or something? I don't know, you know, her shoes or something? I don't know. I got really concerned about Sam being cold in, in the in the Thought Forest because uh, she it looked like she was not wearing enough because it looked cold over there. <laughs> uh, but we did we did get a lot of answers though in this episode in particular because Lena is like, you are experiencing a parallel dimension. That is not where I would have gone with that, but I will buy it uh, because that's what Lena says this this is that's that's happening. She says that um, uh, yeah, the, like you were talking about, like when rain takes over, Sam goes into the thought forest and that's where she kind of stays and that's why she doesn't remember anything. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll buy into that. I think that's a pretty good explanation. And I think they did a good job of showing that so that it would be easy to understand. Because I think that's a that's a really hard concept to get if you don't show that correctly. Like if you if you did a really bad job of visually depicting that, people would be lost and not understand what you're trying to do. But I think they, at least for me, I think they did a good enough job that I I understood what was happening. So uh, I I really appreciated that. And um, but yeah, I, I thought I thought Sam was really brave, and that's why it was so heartbreaking there at the end when Rain took over and flew off with the world killers. I don't know if we're you know, when are we going to see Sam again? If we ever will. I don't know. I know. And she got she got electrocuted and everything. Like, that did not seem like it was uh, fun times for her. No, she was going through some stuff. For sure. Um, well, is there anything else that uh, we didn't talk about that you wanted to talk about? Yeah, what are your thoughts on uh, the, the James and Wynn stuff? They had a little bit of an emotional scene in this one. Yeah, I was I was about to actually point that out. I was going to say I really liked that James and and Win scene uh, together because they that's probably for both of those characters it's probably their main relationship on the show. So um, I, it was nice to see them have that moment and like share that like that friendship. And I, I thought it was a really it was a really good scene for Jeremy Jordan. I, I like that he's been getting so much material in this in the back half of the season, especially since he was uh, kind of MIA for most of the most of this season. So uh, he got that episode with his mom and I liked it. I liked him in this episode as well, like him saying like, I finally got gotten over some of my big issues and I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm ready to take over the world and like, you know, make a rocket and, and do all this stuff. And now I'm probably going to die. It was it made, like, I got a little bit like emotional. I was like, Oh no, when? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a little bit tough to watch. Cause I think it was his, it was Jeremy's performance, but it was also partly for me. What, what got me was Makad's reaction to it. I think Makad did a really good job of, showing what it would be like if you were sitting in the room with Wynn 
and hearing all of that stuff. And I, it was, it was pretty heartbreaking because when thought he was going to die, he thought there was no cure. And these were his sort of last thoughts. And I thought it was really impactful uh, because he, he tells James, he says, he says, I made some true friendships and that's been the best part of my life. And I was just like, oh, that that hits that hits me in the feels because he had he had previously talked about how you know he had had all this trouble with his mom and all the baggage that left when she abandoned him and some things did not go right for him, but he ended up making some really good friends and he was telling that to James, which I thought was really special that he was sharing that with James to tell him and let him know that, hey, you've been a really true friend to me and it's been a big deal in my life. And that 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 means a lot if somebody said that to you. And I, if somebody said that to me, that would be really uh, meaningful for me. And so I, I just, I thought that scene was really great. And I think Jeremy Jordan, every time he gets material like this, he's knocking it out of the park. So I hope he continues to get stuff like this. Um, and even he, he, had, he had some comedy that he uh, he put out there. He wasn't all sadness and heartbreaking and uh, heartbreakingly uh, uh, sad scenes. He did have some comedy there where he was messing with Brainy. He talked about, you know, he was joking about Freddy Krueger and all that. So he wasn't all um, sad times. He, he did have some good moments in there. Yeah, speaking of Brainy, this is the first episode that we've seen him not blue, right? Yes, and <laughs> what are your thoughts about that? Because I have some thoughts, but I'm curious about what your thoughts are. So not being somebody who knows much about Brainy from the previous versions, I have to say I've gone on record as saying that the Brainy makeup on this show looks like um, when you watch one of those uh, contouring makeup tutorials, but it's like way too much. <laughs> uh, so so uh, considering that that is apparently the look that they initially picked out, I almost feel like they were like, oh, we've made a mistake. How do we fix it? Yes. <laughs> and this is the this this is their solution, which is not, I guess, the worst solution that they could have come up with. Just kind of wish the makeup was better the first time around I I hate this is gonna sound terrible but I think it's lazy I don't like it because the whole point of the Brainiac 5 character is that he's he's an alien he's from this other planet he is uh, part robot so he's got to be there's got to be something about him that's different from a human and if you just if you make him wear this personal image inducer He's basically a human. He might be super smart, but then he's like a human. So visually, I think you've got to do something to make him look. You don't have to make him look exactly like he does in the comics, even though I wish he was a little greener for my personal taste. <laughs> I I think you've got to do something. And it just it felt like they were tired of putting the makeup on Jesse Rath. And that, that's what it sort of came across to me is like they were like, oh, that makeup is a lot of work and he has, you know, he has to wear that for a long time and maybe it's not such a good idea. And so it just felt like they were like trying, like you said, like trying to find a way out of it. Yeah, like I also I also wonder if like some of the reactions to the makeup, because I know that that I'm not the only one who thinks that the makeup is a little bit uh, not always great uh so i wonder if some of that too where they first the makeup is taking forever to put on and then they've seen that like not everybody loves it and they're like what if we don't do this anymore 
what's the quickest way to not do this anymore? Uh, so, I mean, I don't hate it. I just, you're right, it's lazy. <laughs> I think I would buy it more because he he tells a story about how he went to, to Piggly Wiggly, which I thought was really interesting because Piggly Wiggly, as far as I know, is more of a Southern franchise of stores. Oh, I was wondering what that was. Well, I know Piggly Wiggly because when I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama, we had Piggly Wiggly. Piggly Wiggly is like a, a little grocery store. Basically, it's a supermarket. Oh. But I associate that with the South. I don't I don't know if they have them anywhere else regionally in the country, but I know for sure they have them in Alabama. So uh, I, I thought that was strange because I thought National City was supposed to be like West Coast. So that I'm going to have to look and see if Piggly Wigglies are out in the California area. I was I was I was surprised. I was like, Piggly Wiggly? What are they talking about Piggly Wiggly for? Okay, so I have done the important research that everybody wants to know. Good. Piggly Wiggly. (laughs) (laughs) Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Louisiana, Minnesota, Missouri, Mississippi, North Carolina, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia. I have indeed not missed a Piggly Wiggly. (laughs) (laughs) There are no Piggly Wigglies on the East Coast. On the West Coast. Is what it sounds like. And then there is something that says Wisconsin and Illinois customers click here, which makes me wonder if there's like one there or something. So, I, yeah, I was very surprised that they chose Piggly Wiggly. But you know what? I, I That's something I can identify with. So I like it. I like it. But I don't understand why Brainy went to go get apple cider vinegar. What was he using that for? I feel like apple cider vinegar is one of those things that people think cures everything, though. It's like... Like a home remedy? Yeah, it's like a home remedy. Like, if you've ever had, like, something go wrong and, you're, like, you're Googling, like, how do I, you know, I have this uh, I have this pimple or something. Like, what do I do to fix it? And they're like, well, have you tried apple cider vinegar? And it's like, <laughs> this can't be good for everything. I, I, I refuse to believe that it's a, just a cure-all is the apple cider vinegar. Maybe he... <laughs> I don't know. He, he's been on uh, WebMD and uh, he's like, you know what? This is going to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm very curious as to why he was doing that. And I, I thought there were two things that I thought were strange about it. One, he says that when he went to the Piggly Wiggly, he caused a riot. And I'm like, this is a city that has aliens everywhere. Why would anyone care? And like every day there's like a new alien. <laughs> That's just making something like, you know, explode or or causing some trouble. They have a whole alien bar. They have an alien bar. Brian is obviously an, a, a businessman <laughs> of high renown. <laughs> <laughs> totally not sketchy whatsoever. No. <laughs> he, he has a great reputation. Uh, so I thought it was weird that he would have caused a riot unless he was doing something, you know, especially like out of the ordinary or like saying something strange because he didn't understand, you know, the the present day or what. I don't know. But I, I thought that, that was a little weird. And the thing that, about the makeup that I, I think I would buy it a little more if Brainy only used that image inducer in public. So, like, if he goes somewhere and he used it, then I'd be okay with it because I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. He's trying to blend in with the humans. Totally buy it. <laughs> but when he's at the DEO with all the people he's friends with and he feels comfortable with, 
Why wouldn't he want to be himself? Yeah, because they don't want to put that makeup on him all the time. <laughs> it doesn't make any answer. sense. It doesn't Laziness make any is the sense. answer. <laughs> I don't like it. I'm not a fan. I wasn't a fan of the, the turquoise or the blue, but I went with it because at least this was their version of Brainiac 5. But now I don't even have a version of Brainiac 5 anymore. Ugh, correct it. Correct it. I don't like it. Don't like. Um, so yeah, that that was one of the parts about Brainiac 5 that I, I didn't quite like. Um, but it was interesting to hear uh, Brainy and Monel talk about the Legion and how they... Uh, how they uh, operated, and it was cool to see Brainy with Emra. They were sort of teaming up together because Emra was trying to go off on her own and do her own thing, and she was using Brainy as her information. Uh, so I, I did like those interactions with the the Legionnaires, but yeah, that makeup thing. Yeah, I was I was like, oh, okay, so we're just giving up on the makeup, huh? <laughs> just don't do it. So that's what's happening. <laughs> no one will care except for Rebecca Johnson of Supergirl Radio. She's going to care about it. Uh, but yeah, that that was uh, that's how I felt about that. I feel like Forrest Gump. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> um, is there anything else that we left out uh, that you wanted to talk about before we uh, wrap it up? Um, I just I, I really liked that moment with uh, Alex and Jean at the end where um, where he tells her that he's really glad that she's better because he he doesn't know how he would get through all the stuff that he's going through with his dad without her. And she kind of says like, oh, it's been a hard year and breaks down a little bit. And I, I felt that right in my in my heart space. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, Alex Danvers, can't you just have some like a like a, a something nice happen for you just once? <laughs> They've all kind of had a tough year. And especially Alex, though. She broke up with Maggie. She has this desire to be a mom that is still yet uh, unfulfilled. Um, so she and she almost died from pestilence. Uh, she got she got a broken tibia, was it, from rain? Oh, yeah. She broke her leg. Uh, yeah, this has not been a super great year for Alex. Some things have gone wrong. She's had some injuries. Uh, she's almost died a couple times. Uh, she could maybe have something good go her way, I think, at some point. But yeah, that was a really nice scene between uh, Jean and Alex because I, I get the sense that they've really formed this this really intimate bond between the two of them that they're they almost lean on each other it's not that one is there for the, the other one all the time it's like you know it's a back and forth like alex is there for jean when he has to deal with his father and i thought we got a little update on Mirren uh that he's been forgetting things in the morning and jean has to sort of continue to remind him of what they've said and what they've talked about so it sounds like things are not going great with Mirren which is sad to hear but it sounds like from the conversation that Jean has with Alex and his conversation also with Kara it sounds like he's still trying it sounds like they're still trying to make it work and he's still uh gonna be there for his father and I thought that that was really sweet and um he also has a conversation with Kara that I thought was really good uh, they talk about um, about whether or not Supergirl can save the world killers. And, and he says that a great uh, uh, bit of lines where he says, just because something's hard doesn't mean it's impossible. You break through the impossible every day and you inspire the rest of us to do the same. 
And I thought that was really nice because it was a great way to encourage Supergirl because Kara felt bad and down on herself. She felt like she wasn't doing the right thing. She was questioning her choices. And Jean was trying to say, look, you, you always try to do the best thing. You do the impossible. You inspire all of us. And he encouraged her. And then instead of immediately taking it as a compliment of, hey, yeah, I am the greatest, aren't I? She goes back to him and she says, you know, you're a good son. And I thought that that was really sweet that they encouraged each other in that moment when they both had something. So I like the way these characters uh, interact with each other and kind of uh, do what they have to in order to build each other up. And I, I thought that that was really great that we saw that multiple times in this episode. Yeah, I like that too. Um, so overall thoughts about Of Two Minds, uh, was, was it uh, everything that you thought it would be with the uh, reveal of the third world, world killer? What, what did you think? Yeah, I really liked this episode. I thought it was really well done. I thought that they balanced the characters really well in this episode. I feel like they got m- most of the main cast in there and they where their roles made sense and everybody got like a nice moment um, to shine. And I, I'm, I, I enjoy learning more about the world killers. And I think it was nice to get more of Imra um, and get more of her backstory as well. Yeah, I really like this one as well. I thought that the CGI was a little lacking in some parts. I was I was upset about the brainy uh, makeup situation, but I thought the character interactions were good. I thought the story was pretty good. And uh, I really, I, I thought it was awesome to get to see um, inside Sam, Sam's head. I thought that that was a really cool aspect of this episode. And, and like you said, the Emra stuff was glad to get some more of that and see her more of, uh, as a character who, who stood on her own. Um, even though sadly this week we did not get any Pam from HR. I, I can't believe I was gone <laughs> the week, the week that Pam from HR finally showed up. <laughs> it was hilarious. Uh, so we do have that. So we didn't get any pan. We didn't get an update on pan from HR in this episode, but it was still pretty good. So I I guess that's going to do it for our discussion, but let's find out about what our listeners had to say about of two minds. Um, at Kenny Crowley said, great episode, action packed, scary and emotional Supergirl, Saturn girl, and Sam were the stars of this episode. Um, at Madtown Davison said, it feels like Kara's we just don't do that here uh, admonishment of Imra should have been we don't kill unless we're out of other options or unless we're on Mars. I liked this episode, but I wish the show had addressed its own continuity a bit more. Supergirl has killed. She told Lena to release the lead into the atmosphere that killed Rhea, and it certainly seems like she killed some white Martians with that staff earlier this season. Yeah, and it could also be argued that she let Parasite die and she might have zapped Red Tornado Although that one, you could maybe argue it wasn't sentient. It was just a robot. Uh, yes, sometimes I think there is. I, I'm a little frustrated with the the we don't kill thing because it's like, when sometimes you kind of go go there. Uh, so, I yeah, I think maybe they could say we we don't want to have to do that, but we'll do whatever it takes. You know, like, it. I, I don't know. It is, it is a little strange. She should have said something more like, we don't, like, we don't like assassinate or something like that. Yes. Like we're not going to go out to kill. We're going to try to, f- to find a solution. Yeah. Cause it, it does seem a little bit ridiculous. She's definitely at, at least accidentally 
off some people before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some mistakes were definitely made in the past. <laughs> she has learned from those mistakes and maybe she's trying to better herself. She's like, whoops. <laughs> Uh, at Maw of the Ocean um, said, everything in this episode was feels-inducing. Win and James, Alex and Jean, Imra's sister. Why does it feel like Supergirl is a show where everything Kara cared about on Krypton gets destroyed? Stronger together, dot, dot, dot. A crying emoji. <laughs> <laughs> that is rough. I shouldn't laugh about that. That is very sad. Uh, lots of things do get destroyed, and uh, it was uh, there was a play on Stronger Together there at the end, a very chilly one that the world killer said. Oh, yeah. Um, at Mark HB PWM said, I had quite a few thoughts while watching the show. Jeremy Jordan particularly killed it as usual. But all I can really remember is the scariest uh, El Mayara I've ever heard. Um, and then at Paulus Cast, I can't get over the fact that Lena still doesn't know what car and uh, about car and Supergirl. But then Car gets all mad and says, "Tell me what?" And then there's like a, a face that seems like it's saying like, "Eh." <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's what that emoji says. Yeah, I mean, it's I almost always agree that Car should just tell Lena that she's Supergirl. But this is one of the rare instances where I was kind of like on car's side where it's like <laughs> wait what <laughs> no one thought no one thought there was a, this was a good idea to like let somebody else in on and lena was like i was handling it sort of <laughs> well and and now i'm kind of questioning now that i think about it does lena know that supergirl knows who sam is oh Oh, no, no, I guess. Because she does, she does, Lena's um, answer for why she's not going to the DEO is that, like, they're going to, like, lock you up and experiment on you and throw away the key, basically, because you're too dangerous for them to let out, which I think is an ex as an explanation does make sense. But I think the problem is that I consistently forget that Lena is the only character on this show that's like not in on the secret for no apparent reason. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm like, I'm holding her to a standard she can't live up to because it doesn't make any sense that she's not in on this yet. Like, it just seems like it's conflict for conflict's sake at this point. Now I'm wondering about the Supergirl part of it because when Supergirl and Jean and I think Monel and... Brainy and Emra, I think maybe all of them, Alex maybe was there. I can't remember now. <laughs> um, but they all show up in Lena's underground medical bunker and Supergirl goes over there and she sees that Sam is in there. And she even says, Sam? Like she knows that Sam. And so now I'm thinking, because we know that Kara knew, knew Sam, but did Supergirl know Sam? Yeah, you I'd know what I mean. To, I'd have to go back and watch and some of the previous episodes to see if Sam and Supergirl have interacted before. But I feel like they're like Car and and or Supergirl are like real loosey goosey with uh, with this secret identity with Lena because like it, it, does it not seem weird to you that like Lena hasn't questioned that like Monel is back? Yeah, that's weird to me. <laughs> like or or like that that Kara Danvers totally human reporter was dating this like super powered alien <laughs> like, <laughs> none of it makes any sense none of it none of it makes sense if you think about it too long which is probably why i've stopped <laughs> trying to think about it 
none of it quite makes uh, none of it adds up. Um, at Patty Mello twenty said some moral some moral dilemmas this week. I'm on Imra's side this time though. I get that Supergirl is against killing in any situation, but you can't save everybody, especially when they don't want to be saved. So eliminate the threat once and for all would be the safest bet. Um, at shop 23 said, I know they are insanely evil, but the world killers are pretty amazing. Car needs, uh, car really needs to come around on the idea of for the greater good for this Trinity. Also, I've seen crazier things than brainy in a piggly wiggly. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty funny. Um, so we didn't really talk about pestilence uh in her look yeah i i wanted to point that out and i forgot about it but it reminded me so much of when it was um oh banshee and uh oh live yeah when they did the the banshee makeover on her <laughs> yes. and she just showed up in the next scene with this like crazy kiss makeup on and like <laughs> And I really, just like then, I wish that we had gotten the makeover scene of like purity and uh, and pestilence, like picking out their outfits. Like, no, I want the one with the cold shoulder. It's very in now. <laughs> yeah, I feel like a good smoky eye is really gonna bring out the gr- the the weird green of my <laughs> of my evil glowing eyes. Like, I just what was the decisions that went into that like where where did they get the costumes did they make them is there is there like in that cave that rain goes to sometimes is there a wardrobe i am now questioning this and they all have the same symbol right they all have like that world killer symbol on there they do and they, they probably have gotten it from the fortress of sanctuary where that that quote dark kryptonian is i, I think that's how she's uh, labeled in the the credits uh but the thing that now i'm trying to remember is when they all all the world killers get together when they go to uh, find rain in the underground medical bunker uh they don't they float up and like it's it's sort of Sam visually in the scrubs, but then she becomes Rain. Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, I think so. Like she turns into the costume somehow. Like she becomes Rain in the costume. Like there's like a bright light or something, and suddenly she's in the costume. Like how did that happen? Does she have a quick change power? <laughs> I'm, because even Kara has to unbutton her shirt <laughs> or and or like just burst it open i don't know i mean this is this just another way that rain is more powerful than supergirl where she's like oh i just always have my costume ready to go (laughs) (laughs) never have i never have to i never have to ruin a shirt well i mean we know from the comics that supergirl does have like uh like a really compressed pot like she can compress clothes down into a little pocket in her in her super suit so that she can change if she needs to. But uh, I, I don't know if that's how the world killers are getting around. But uh, yeah, I have a lot of questions about their uh, attire for sure. Me too. I'm uh, This This is the one mystery I need answered before the end of the season. <laughs> um, at Kaya underscore Matsui said, I don't know how I feel about this episode. It was good, but it was missing something. I liked the new world killer and the fact that she is not a victim like Sam and Julia because it gives us a new perspective. Kara was a little hypocritical in this episode because she has killed in the past. <laughs> um, at 
Ale Du said, I'm glad the tension between Imra and Kara was about how to deal with a problem and not about a man. And even if I was on Imra's side, I think both different points of view are valid. And of course, I want Supergirl to win. But man, those world killers are pretty awesome. Hashtag, I love me some villains. Me too. Yeah, they are pretty cool. Um, at D underscore Schillermans said, I'm not sure how I feel about this episode. Maybe the Kara Imra stuff felt too much like a repeat of Kara and Maggie saving Alex last season. But I'm very curious about the world kill what the world killers will get up to now that they're all together. Uh, El Mayara never sounded so daunting. At uh, Enrique B, uh, B Jr. said, This episode was wow. I was kind of on Immer's side with wanting Pestilence dead. I know Kara likes to see the humanity in everyone, but she needs to realize that not everyone has that. Also, a question. Which guild slash house from Krypton do you think these current characters belong to? Okay, so I think just for this question, I think we should pick Rain, Purity, and Pestilence since they are all Kryptonian. All um, right. So I try to do a little digging on the guilds because I know that there, there are guilds in like the comics and in the, the DCEU and the DC films, and there's even some stuff on the new Sci-Fi Krypton show. So I, I think most of them line up with the similar things where there's a science guild, a religious guild, an artist guild, a military guild, and a labor guild. So uh, I guess we could we can pick them for... Um, purity pestilence and rain i think for me i would if i was gonna put purity in one of these i would pick her i would put her in the military guild oh that's what i was gonna say too she seems like she's more of like she wants to fight first like she's always using that big scream that she has uh so i would put her in the military guild because i would not want to go up against her she seems like a real threat I would think I would think Pestilence would be in the Science Guild because she's a doctor. For sure. That's where I would put her as well. And then Rain. Uh, I think I'm going to put Rain in the Religious Guild. That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. Um, I think Rain goes there because she talked a lot about sin and about getting rid of the yes. sinners. So I think I would put her in the Religious Guild because she had a lot of uh religious words that she was using earlier on in the season so i think uh, if we're gonna pick guilds uh for rain purity and pestilence i think that's where i'm i'm lining up with those um houses kryptonian houses i don't know the the only houses i know of for kryptonians are on sci-fi's krypton so you have the hot house of zod the House of Vex, and the House of M. So those are a little harder to do because you don't have as many options. Uh, But I would probably put um, Purity in the House of Zod because that seems to be more of the the fighters and the warriors. Uh, Let's see, for Pestilence, I don't know. These are a little tougher because they're way more specific. Like, so the House of Vex, and I'm actually behind on Krypton. Don't tell anybody. Don't worry. No one's going to find out. Don't tell <laughs> anyone I'm behind on Krypton. I have a lot of episodes to watch. This is a secret we'll all just keep for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the House of Vex seems like it's more like the legal people, the political people. Um, and then the House of M are more of the religious types, I think. The the Rallis. So... I don't know. I guess I would put Purity in the House of Zod, maybe Pestilence in the House of Vex, and uh, Rain in the House of M. 
that's where I would go. This is sort of like uh, the sorting hat from Harry Potter. It is. Just with Kryptonian guilds and houses. So there's that. That's a good question at Enrique VB Jr. I hope those answers will suffice. I think those are the best that we can come up with. Um, But feel free to share your thoughts on where those people should go, where you would sort them. Um, We also have an email from New Rachel, uh, one of Morgan's favorites. Uh, Yay! Not not that we have favorites, (laughs) but among the Rachels, probably... (laughs) Um, all the Rachels are the favorites. All the, all the Rachels are good. We like our Rachels. <laughs> Everyone enjoys the Rachels. Uh, so we have an email from new Rachel who writes, quote, Melissa and Amy really sold the car and Emma conflict. And I especially liked how it resolved with showing the parallels between them and proving that because neither of their ideas worked, they must now join forces. Just like the world killers, Kara and her friends and teammates are stronger together, and this unity will be necessary if they want to be victorious in this battle against them, unquote. And uh, New Rachel also asked a question that, this may be hard, but Morgan, maybe you have some thoughts on this. Uh, New Rachel asks, uh, if Brainy had to use another name for himself when he went out into the world disguised as a human, what do you think it could be? Ooh, that is a tough one. The only thing that I can think of is that I want somebody to use the Bob Cobb name. Yes. <laughs> it's just floating out there in the comics and, and uh, Monel's not using it. Hashtag justice for Bob Cobb. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, let's let's bring that around. I mean, it's not associated with Brainiac 5, but uh, if he's not going to use his, his Quirrell Doc's name, I think uh, maybe he should use um, Bob Cobb because Monel's not using it. Somebody should. And it's a good name. It's a solid quality name. I mean, I would trust a Bob Cobb, wouldn't you? I would, for sure. I would buy brushes from him. <laughs> um, we have another email from Danielle who writes, Hello, ladies. I've been listening to your podcast for a while now, but this is my first time commenting. Uh, I really loved all the characters this week. Monel didn't even bother me as much, so I would say I'm currently mon neutral right now. Uh, Imra shone like the star she is, and it was heartbreaking to hear about what happened to her sister. I loved her dynamic with Kara, and I hope we get to see more of them. When teasing Brainy while he was sick was gold, while his moment with James was soft and heartfelt, and I teared up listening to it. Alex, Cara, and Jean are the family that deserves all of the happiness in the world and maybe a vacation after all of this <laughs> is done. Agreed. I also liked how Pestilence reveled in her world killerness and that Cara couldn't reach her human side because she didn't want to be reached, which was amazing and it raised the stakes for the later episodes. And finally, Katie and Odette are absolutely incredible actresses and Odette especially knocked it out of the park with her scenes with her alter ego. Agreed. Um, Alex wrote us an email to say, quote, I really enjoyed the last 15 minutes of this episode. A lot came together, particularly the world killers finally being united. I'm looking forward to a world killer showdown with the DEO slash Legion in the next few episodes. To me, the best part of this episode was that Kara and Emma had a lot of screen time screen time together without any love triangle angst. Me too. Yeah, seriously. Alex says that is encouraging. Also, I have to admit, I liked the James, uh, liked James talking to Wynn in the DEO hospital. I have enjoyed them being friends. That being said, when James arrived at the DEO hospital, Wynn said to James, shouldn't you be a CatCo? <laughs> Good point, Wynn. When was the last time we saw James or Cara working at CatCo? I honestly can't remember, unquote. Uh, yeah, Alex, I, I 
don't, I'd have to go back and look for sure, but I know that we were in CatCo during the episode For Good, because that was the episode where Lena was being, uh, I think it was another one of those, Lena is, uh, has an assassination attempt on her, the one of many episodes. <laughs> one of many. When that happened, and I think that was the episode where uh, Miss Dustmucker, when she <laughs> accidentally poisoned Lena. Whoops. I think, yeah, I think that was that episode, so I remember being in CatCo for that one. So James is sometimes in CatCo, slash we know he lives under that desk, <laughs> but <laughs> when, it, like literally, when is the last time we've seen Cara anywhere near CatCo? Was she even, I mean, has she even done anything at CatCo this season? I can barely recall. Yeah, I mean, James James and Lena for sure have been at CatCo. But, yeah, Kara, I can't remember the last episode Kara was there. They've really thrown away the idea that Kara, like, works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's, she's basically full-time DEO uh, agent. It got so bad one time, I think it was the Fort Ross episode maybe, where she she uh, goes over to Alex's apartment and, and drops some stuff off and, and Sam and Ruby are there and uh, Kara gets a call and she says uh, something like, oh, this is work. And I was like, oh, she's going to CatCo. No, she didn't. She went to the, she went to the DEO. So I, di- I don't know. Yeah, I think they may have... Uh, I don't know if they've dropped the reporter thing. It's it's very strange. They don't talk about it much anymore. And I had actually kind of forgotten about the desk, Morgan. I feel ashamed. <laughs> well, that's because we, we don't spend much time with James anymore in his home. We don't get to spend much time with that desk anymore. So that is very sad. But uh, I definitely remember For Good taking place in CatCo. Uh, we have an email from Gregory who writes, The revelation to Supergirl that Lena has been keeping the identity of Rain a secret from her for a very long time may hurt their friendship. To make matters worse, Samantha even begged Lena to tell Alex and Supergirl the truth about her dual identity, yet Lena refused. Right before Supergirl arrives to warn Lena about the world killers, Lena says that she has finally had a breakthrough with her experiments on Rain. Hopefully whatever Lena found is enough to help our superhero stop rain for good but i still have a feeling that ruby will be the determining factor on how rain is defeated once and for all yeah i'm curious about that greg because i think it was the christmas episode was it the rain episode where uh samantha gives ruby that supergirl necklace and she's like we are stronger together she said she says that to her and i ever since then i've been wondering if somehow ruby is going to resolve the Sam Ruby thing, uh, the Sam Rain thing. I don't know if she's going to be able to get her mom out of there. Like, I don't know how they're going to split the two of them. But if they do, I, I, I think that Ruby almost has to factor into that. Because Ruby is her heart. Ruby is her, the thing that Sam cares most about. That's the thing that Rain tempted her with. So Ruby has to play an important factor at the, at the, at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, and our final email comes from Sam, who shared some thoughts about grace slash pestilence, writing, quote, It's interesting how many people have written off pestilence as irredeemable already. I'm not sure any of the world killers will be slaved slash redeemed in the end, but it's possible. Pestilence may be more complex than we are led to believe. I thought it was interesting the people that she was targeting were less than upstanding members of society. Some people seem to think that Grace was posing as a doctor all along and never really cared about people. 
Personally, I suspect she became jaded or burned out or disillusioned at some point and that the pestilence side of her was able to exploit that and turn her against humanity. It's possible that there is still some part of grace that can be reached, unquote. Yeah, I think it's definitely possible. I mean, anybody can be saved if they choose uh, choose to be, I think. Uh, but yeah, Grace seems to have, uh, she seems to have made her choice. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll see if uh, maybe she has a little, little uh, turnaround at some point during the season. But uh, Grace, it, it's interesting that Grace... The, the the character with the name Grace of all people <laughs> is is uh, the one who does not want to be redeemed. Uh, so I think the uh, intentionality behind that name is very interesting. Before we wrap up our feedback, we have some snap judgments. We got to make some snap judgments in the game of snap judgments. Each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. So from Annika, um, who is your favorite legionnaire? Brainy, Saturn Girl, or Monel? Uh I, I don't know if this is show-related or comic book-related. Uh, I guess I'll give you both. Um, both of them are Saturn Girl. Interesting. Um, I think Brainy. Solid choice. Uh, which Legionnaire would you like to wake up? Lightning Lad or Phantom Girl? I don't know that I understand this question. <laughs> so you know how when uh, the Legion first appeared in the crashed ship... Oh. They, they were in those like cryogenic chambers yeah they really don't care about the rest of the are there more people in those cryogenic chambers or they just let them nap <laughs> i'm pretty sure they said there were more people in there wow well they're not great friends then <laughs> <laughs> i want to say there were like five of them or something i'd have to go back and look at my notes but i think there was like a substantial number of people in that ship and they don't ever talk about them but um so the question is if there were other legionnaires in that cruiser Maybe that's why they got to fix the cruiser. Yeah, that's why they're that's why they're always working so hard on that cruiser. <laughs> Maybe they got to wake those people up, but they can't do it because something's not working in the ship. Uh, but the, I think the question is, if you could wake up any of those other legionnaires in the ship, who would you want to wake up? Would it be okay? Would it be Lightning Lad or Phantom Girl? So I'm clicking on a Wikia article. So you you answer first. <laughs> I I would I would choose Lightning Lad. I would be really curious to see what they would do with him. And also, I feel like if you've got Saturn Girl, and maybe this is my, like, I'm not really a shipper, but I do respect the fact that Saturn Girl and Lightning Lad have had this really historic relationship in the comics. So I would like to see what Lightning Lad and Saturn Girl would would do on the show. I think I'm going to go Lightning Lad, too, just because uh, I don't love phantom girl's outfit and i don't want to deal with it so (laughs) fair fair. i feel like we don't need more boob windows (laughs) so i'm good um okay so we have some uh snap judgments from emily she's uh first one which do you prefer happy goofy win or serious emotional win i've really been liking serious emotional win yeah me too so that would be my vote as well. Um, which do you prefer, blue brainy or image-induced brainy? Well, I think I've already answered this question. I, I think you're on record. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% blue brainy. So I can't deal with the intense contouring of blue <laughs> brainy's face. Uh, so I'm going to go image-induced brainy, though I agree with you, it is lazy. <laughs> okay. Trio with the better names. 
Rain, Purity, and Pestilence, or Huey, Dewey, and Louie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these are these are the heavyweights, right? So <laughs> this is a hard one. This is the the important question. Uh, I'm gonna go Huey, Dewey, and Louie. I think you you got the rhyming. You've got you've got the uh, the the way it sounds together. It just kind of flows. I'm I'm going Huey Huey Dewey and Louie in this one. Yeah, I gotta go Huey Dewey and Louie. I mean, uh, you gotta you gotta go with classics. No judgments on your snap judgments. Well, uh, thank you for uh, everybody who sent in thoughts and feedback and snap judgments. I think that's going to do it for our episode on Of Two Minds. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Play, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify, where we also have a playlist that includes music featured on the show. We are listed on DC's fan page, so you can find that at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. We are also available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio, so if you've got some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. Uh, Supergirl Radio is part of the DC TV Podcast Network, so if you also like Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, Black Lightning, Krypton, Titans, and classic DC TV shows, you can subscribe to DC TV Podcasts on Apple Podcasts and follow at DC TV Podcasts on Twitter and like DC TV Podcasts on Facebook. Yeah, uh, some of these shows are winding down, except for <laughs> Supergirl. We've we've still got uh, a little bit of time left. Oh yeah, and Supergirl, just like just settle back because don't worry, we got you here on Supergirl Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Even when all these other shows are like we're finished for the season, it's like Shh, baby, these other shows are leaving you. We're not leaving you. <laughs> we're right here. <laughs> <laughs> and we should also mention that DC TV Podcast has a T Public store now. Uh, so if you want some sweet swag for yourself, if you want some t-shirts, I think they have even, you know, onesies. If you have a, a little one, you can get some cool Supergirl onesies, uh, sweatshirts, all kinds of notebooks, stickers. I think they have laptop cases, all kinds of stuff. Uh, so if you want to get some cool DCTV merch, uh, go to supergirlradio.com. The best place to do it is Go to supergirlradio.com and click on the T Public Store link on that uh, page, and uh, you can get some cool stuff. And keep an eye out on our social media. We'll tell you when we have sales uh, so that you can get some uh, money off of your purchase. Uh, but we've got some really cool stuff. I'm all the time looking at the store, looking at, I've got a long list of t shirts that I want to get. I've got to get some new t shirts, some new stuff for uh, Dragon Con. So I've got to <laughs> start uh, loading up. I got to get a Snap Judgment shirt. We've got one of those. I love that shirt. It's such a good one. Designed by Comicer Girl, and uh, so we. I, I got to get me one of those because I got to represent. Uh, so we've got some cool stuff up there. So if you want to check that out, go to SupergirlRadio.com and click on the top of the page. Um, if you want to follow me uh, on Twitter, you can do that at DerbyKid. I'm also on Instagram at the Derby Kid. Uh, you can watch some videos over uh, over at YouTube.com slash DuckMilkProd. Those are some videos that I've shot and edited over there. And I'm also a contributor to JLU Podcast. So if you want to hear... Uh, some thoughts about uh, Wonder Woman currently and Justice League, uh, you can go over to jluniverse.podomatic.com. And you can find me on uh, Twitter and 
Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-A-S-T-I-C. Uh, you can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. We're actually planning on recording our big season wrap-up episode uh, this weekend. So that should be out sometime next week. So if if you've been watching this the season or maybe you missed the whole season and you're like, instead of watching the season... I just want three people to recap it for me <laughs> and like grade all the episodes and then I'll just decide which ones to watch. We we are going to do that for you as a public service. So <laughs> you should definitely check that out. I mean, that sounds right up my alley because even though I know that, well, at least I'm, I, I think I know that uh, Legends of Tomorrow is probably up on Netflix by now because I think they put them up like right after the season's over. But I don't want to go to Netflix. I don't want to have to watch the episodes when I can just listen to the podcast. Do you want to watch the the episodes of the television show that you enjoy? Or do you just want to hear some people talking about it? I know <laughs> what my answer is. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you could do that. You could watch the show or you could not watch the show. It's your choice. Uh, but I, I'm a, I'm looking forward to new uh, to new episodes of the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. So that's very exciting. Well, I think it's gonna. Uh, I think that's gonna do it for uh, this episode of On Two Minds. But if you want to hang out for a quick spoiler section, we'll be doing that after our theme music. But until then, I'm still Rebecca Johnson, and I'm still Morgan Glennon. And remember, just because something's hard doesn't mean it's impossible. so close now that you are all finally together rain purity pestilence they were all created to do one thing kill the world bring blessed darkness to earth the eclipse is diminishing your strength this could kill you it's our only chance supergirl all new episode monday at 8 7 central on the cw And we are back. And what you just heard was the audio for what's coming up on Supergirl. The next episode is called Trinity. The official description reads, quote, Still reeling after learning about Lena's secret, Supergirl asks Guardian for a favor that could alter his relationship with Lena forever. Meanwhile, with all three world killers united, Supergirl and the team brace for an epic battle, unquote. So, Morgan... When you're reading this description, what is the first thing that pops out to you that you're like, I can't wait to see that? Whoa, Guardian's back? (laughs) (laughs) What the the first thing reading that description was, what's Guardian? (laughs) (laughs) It's been so long. It's been so long. It's been so long since we've seen Guardian. Man, um, I don't know how I feel about the Lena Supergirl Guardian storyline. I don't. I'm I'm a little nervous about it to be honest. So I'm I'm interested to see where that goes. 
Also, I, I want to see all the world killers in their cool outfits, like <laughs> like maybe power walking in slow motion. Uh, <laughs> yes. Because that? <laughs> that would be amazing. I mean, if you're going to po- power walk, you need to do it in slow motion. You That's... can't do it in regular motion. No, no. one wants to see that. <laughs> no, <laughs> that would not make any kind of sense. Uh, but I agree with you. I saw this and I was like, Guardian, how, how did it get to where I miss Guardian? This is strange for me. Uh, so I'm very interested to see what Guardian's been up to. And yeah, I don't know about the the thing with Lena and what this favor is. I don't know. I hope I hope Carr doesn't put him in some awkward situation that's gonna make things bad for him and Lena. I would I would feel bad about that. I know. He's been trying to call I guess I guess it's his girlfriend. I don't know. I don't think that they've, I feel like they haven't defined their relationship yet. There's no label on it, so I don't know. But he's been trying to call Lena and call Lena. He's been trying to, you know, do things with Lena and catch up with Lena. And Lena's like, no, I've got this friend of mine in a bunker. And I'm running running (laughs) tests on her. I'm I'm busy electrocuting my friend. (laughs) What is the HR situation at L Corp like? What do you think that, what do you think the Pam from HR (laughs) is doing over there? Because I feel like she's got a lot of paperwork. She's got a lot of work (laughs) on her hands. Uh, yeah. So I, I just feel bad for James because he's tried so hard with Lena and I, I, you know, I hope nobody comes between them with a, with a reason that shouldn't be, you know, like if, if James and Lena fall apart for some reason because of their own doing, that's one thing. But if somebody like steps into their relationship and messes it up, then I would feel bad about that. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. That's, that's a little, that's a little, uh, nerve wracking, I think for me but i'm actually kind of curious about what guardian's gonna be up to um because we haven't seen any of him lately uh so that all sounds really great and uh so uh we'll have to see what the world killers are up to next time well i think that's going to do it for our spoiler section thanks for listening and we'll be back with a new episode discussion next time on supergirl radio